nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome to the Matter Over Mind Experience. This is Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. Of course, I have a fantastic episode for you today. I have the wonderful Angela Brown, certified health coach. And what Angela does is she helps women with hypothyroidism regain energy and balance their hormones. So, of course, and we know with the rebranding, every episode, I do a hack at the end. A final question that you need to stick around for so you can improve that matter. And today's hack is how can gluten impact hypothyroidism? And Angela has some good information for you today. And with that being said, let's welcome her to the show. Hey, Angela, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Awesome. Awesome. So I know about you. Your work is fantastic. We already know this. I am blessed to have you in my presence, but my audience don't know you as much. So Tell them about yourself and tell them about your work. Sure. So um, I am a certified um, functional health coach. My certification is in functional diagnostic nutrition. Um, my background actually is I'm a physical therapist and a personal trainer as well. And I personally was struggling with hypothyroidism myself for a good 15 years. I was really not getting a lot of help um, in conventional medicine world. And it just got super frustrating. So that's what made me get certified in um, functional diagnostic nutrition. And then I started working with women doing the same thing, basically trying to uh, establish what is going on with their thyroid, what's going on with their health overall, um, what got them in this position in the first place, um, instead of just, you know, here's your thyroid pill, we'll see, send you on your way. Um, that's kind of what happened with me quite a bit. And so I just got so frustrated with it. Or um, the other battle that I, that I went through and I see with my clients as well is just to be blown off so much that it, you know, just exercise more, eat less, um, was the thing I was told so many times. And so many of my clients, when they come to me, that's what they've been told. And so that's one of the reasons why I love working with women, because it's so much more than just eat less, exercise more. Um, there's so many other things that can be going on. And so I like to dig, dig for answers as to why, why is the body doing that in the first place? I have a couple of takeaways from that. Um, mm -hmm. First is I've realized in my practice that when men, it's tends to be hard, easier sometimes for, for, mm -hmm. for us to go just fight through it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of reasons why I'm not going to dig into all that, but I do see that a lot, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And also with women, and you know this from you primarily working with women, is that their hormonal profiles are just mm -hmm. different. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like the thing with fasting and I always bring that up as a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tell, if you do, if you never fasted before, be very careful who you talk to about fasting, mm -hmm. because the, the time frame that a woman should, woman should fast and how often is completely different than a male. 
And we need to be very mindful of that because of the hormonal Mm -hmm. profiles and all the things can happen by fasting too much and too long. So I love the fact that you recognize that and you are in, you've developed that, that niche. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. Now, this is the hypothyroidism episode, right? So Mm -hmm. let us know what is it and what are some common causes? So hypothyroidism is uh, basically the thyroid has become slow. Um, the reason it can become slow is there's a lot of things that can happen, which makes it a bigger challenge because it's usually not just one thing. So typically when people start getting thyroid symptoms, usually the thyroid has become slow, but it usually isn't just one thing. And that's the hard part with it is most people will say, oh, I just don't have the thyroid hormones, but why are, why don't you have the thyroid hormones? So genetics obviously plays a huge role. I mean, a lot of times um, you'll see um, and a lot of women I work with will say, oh, my sister has it or my mom has it and, and my aunt all have it. Um, so it is a genetic thing, but there's so much more than just genetics. Usually that's not the only thing doing it. Um, so hormone imbalances are a massive one because the sex hormones play such a massive role in what happens with the thyroid and vice versa. They kind of feed off of each other. So you have to always consider what the sex hormones are doing. Chronic stress is probably one of the biggest ones that I see, which of course, and you know this too, that like stress causes so many issues. <laughs> it can cause so many health issues in the body, but it's one of the bigger ones that I see with hypothyroidism. And one of the big factors with it is because when we have a, an immense amount of stress, it will actually cause a decrease in uh, the conversion of active thyroid hormone. So T4 over the T3, in other words, and that's probably one of the biggest ones that I see. And the nutrient um, and mineral deficiencies are a big one. Mineral deficiencies are huge. So we'll see things like low potassium, um, maybe even some um, low sodium, uh, magnesium is deficient. A lot of minerals um, do become deficient and that will cause a lot of issues with the thyroid. Um, gut dysfunction is a huge one too. Uh, a massive percentage of thyroid hormone conversion happens in the gut, um, at least 20%. So if we have a lot of gut stuff going on, you're going to have issues with the thyroid. And environmental toxins is another issue as well. So if the liver gets bogged down, when we have all these toxins coming in um, externally or, you know, what we're eating, things like that, that's going to also cause an issue with the thyroid because like 60%, sometimes 80% of thyroid hormone conversion conversion happens in the liver. So that's going to cause a huge disruption of what's going on with the thyroid when we have tons of toxins in the liver. It's like, I can't keep up with that. And sleep is another big one. Um, That one's pretty overlooked. A lot of people don't think sleep has any connection to the thyroid, but sleep is when your body rests and repairs and the thyroid, a lot of thyroid hormone conversion, um, stuff like that happens in the middle of the night. So if we're not getting our sleep and our, our circadian rhythms all off, things like that, it's going to really affect what the thyroid is doing. Wow. That's some really good info. And I want to, <laughs> um, underscore a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to first talk about sleep because I know you ended mm-hmm. with sleep, but I want to talk about sleep first. Cause yeah. in my opinion, yeah. In my humble opinion, of course, sleep mm-hmm. is the most important health mm-hmm. habit. Yep. You work out all you want. Do These things are great. You have to work out. I'm a trainer. I'm not going to tell you mm-hmm. not to work out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting quality sleep. Doesn't matter how much you're working doesn't out. Doesn't matter what else you do. Yeah. I, I yeah. was talking to someone about the matter because, you know, I'm rebranding the show from the Zika Health mm-hmm. Show to the Matt Overmind Experience. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, have you tested your theory? And I said, well, first of all, it's not my theory. We know yeah. this by now. Yeah. We know the importance of the body and how it impacts yeah. everything else. But, but this is my, always my question when people ask me that. I, well, not many people have asked me, but I say, go for a couple of weeks on three to four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. 
You right. can meditate all you want. <laughs> you can try to, you can try mm-hmm. all the mindfulness in your want. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to be miserable. Your hormones are going to be all over the place. No yeah. matter what, you have to take care of the body first. Now, yeah. yes, you're going to, you need mindfulness is important. Yes, meditation mm-hmm. is important. Those things are great, but you have to, you have to, you have to take care of the body and sleep is important. And when I say sleep, I don't mean just falling asleep and waking up. Yeah. I mean, properly going through your REM cycles. I have an episode mm-hmm. on that on my, a short actually on my, I think it's on January, February on getting quality mm-hmm. sleep, or you can even go to my uh, website, zukahill.com. I have an article on getting quality sleep, but anyway, sleep is the number one habit yeah. that we mentioned there. It's extremely important. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, the importance of our hormones as well. And you talked about the mineral piece. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Most of us are not just sleep deprived, but we're mineral deprived. Uh-huh. Magnesium responsible for, I think Huge. some say four to 600, depends on the number processes in our bodies. Yeah. That most of us don't get no magnesium, the number one mineral deficiency in the world, plus all the others that we need. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, so then there's the, the mineral piece. Then there's also uh, something that you brought up that I just had it. I just had it to my, Oh, toxins. And then mm-hmm. the toxins, because like the jug that I use BPA free, but, mm-hmm. but the thing is this, it's not just BPA anymore. Right. Uh, there's right. so many other toxins. There's so Even the, many other ones. The pots that we use. Oh my God. Like the pots that we use are these nonstick and mm-hmm. all these, do you realize all those chemicals and what it does mm-hmm. to our bodies? I mean, come on. And then some, and then these ones that are, that are using the plastics and the pots, those are actually some of the hardest to get out of our, get, get our bodies to get rid of. Right. And I have yeah. an interview um, on that as well, as well from uh, Jen Hua, um, the scientist from Million Marker, and she is a co- episode on toxins. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't heard the episode, go back and listen to that, because that was, she blew my mind when she explained what's actually happening with our bodies with toxins and things that we can do. So you you put that into in a nice bowl. So thank mm-hmm. you very much for that explanation. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah. Tox, the toxins, I'm glad you brought that up too, because it, it it's a big one. Like you can have a decrease in like thyroid hormone conversion alone, just from toxins, but you can have TSH numbers can get skewed, kind of all kinds of issues with what, how the thyroid is actually functioning, functioning just from the toxins. It's insane. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now this I'd never heard of on. So Mm -hmm. apparently there are four types of hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. What are they? So primary hypothyroidism is basically it's your, it's literally the thyroid itself. The thyroid itself isn't producing enough thyroid hormones. You're Main thyroid hormones are T3, which is active thyroid hormone, and T4, which is inactive thyroid hormone. Um, primary basically means the thyroid itself is not producing enough thyroid hormone. Now, some of the things I mentioned a, a, a little bit ago, that could be one of the reasons. Um, something like Hashimoto's, which is a whole nother um, side of hypothyroidism. That's the autoimmune response against your own thyroid. Um, that can also cause issues where you're not getting enough thyroid hormone. Central hypothyroidism, which is they, a lot of people will call it like secondary hypothyroidism. That's basically when the pituitary gland or the hypothalamus is not functioning optimally. So when you go get a blood draw, the typical blood draw that doctors will check your thyroid for is TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. That is not a thyroid hormone. That is actually a brain hormone. And that is actually being signaled from the, the pituitary hypothalamic uh, glands will signal that TSH to tell your thyroid to release more thyroid hormone. If that connection's off and we don't have a good connection with the what the pituitary gland is doing, what the hypothalamus is doing, when that gets off, it's gonna cause uh, issues with getting that TSH released. And so then your, brain's, your brain isn't giving the signal to your thyroid to say, hey, we need to release more thyroid hormone, we don't have enough. So that's 
secondary hypothyroidism. The third kind is subclinical. This is super common, unfortunately. So subclinical basically means like your T3, T4 might look pretty good on a blood test. Might not look like you have any issues with your T3, T4, but your TSH is starting to creep up. So when TSH goes up, your brain is getting signal. We don't have enough thyroid hormone. So it will release more TSH to tell your thyroid we, we need to release more. When we have subclinical, basically a lot of people don't have a ton of thyroid symptoms yet. Maybe they're just starting, but not quite yet. Um, but they go get a thyroid panel and their T3, T4 looks good, but TSH is maybe starting to trend up. And so that's when you need to go, okay, what can I do here so that this does not get worse? Because then you're on your way to developing full-blown hypothyroidism. So you do need to look at that. And then lastly, this is the one that I probably see the most commonly in my practice um, is cellular hypothyroidism. So that basically is all the cells in your body have the receptors to accept thyroid hormone. When we have issues with our cells accepting thyroid hormone, um, you're going to have basically slow thyroid symptoms. So your body isn't using those uh, thyroid hormones. So a situation that I see commonly is women will go get their thyroid panel. Thyroid panel might look pretty decent. The doctor's like, everything looks great. It's not your thyroid, but they have every symptom of a slow thyroid. Um, that's where a lot of the, uh, the functional lab testing that I utilize will come into play because we'll start seeing like minerals can play a huge role. Gut dysfunction can play a huge role. So it's basically not letting your body use your thyroid hormones. So basically they're just floating around. So that's why the blood panel might look totally normal. You might totally have normal um, numbers on your thyroid panel and your T3, T4 looks great. Um, so you're not a candidate for having like uh, a NDT, which is like natural desiccated thyroid hormone or thyroid medication. Doctor's like, you don't need it, which you probably don't, but we need to dig for what, why is, why are your cells not taking thyroid hormone? That's probably the most common one that I see because a lot of women that have come to me, they've, they've been through all the gamut and they're got like so frustrated and feeling like dirt, have all the thyroid symptoms, but they're like, everything looks normal. I don't know what else to do. And so that's when some of this other stuff will come into play to, to dig for, well, I'd say you have cellular hypothyroidism then. So then let's talk about um, your functional lab testing, mm -hmm. right? Because you talked yeah. about that just a while ago. So yeah. give us more. What exactly sure. is that and how is it really beneficial? How so do you use it? One of the biggest ones that I utilize is something called hair tissue mineral analysis. It's exactly how it sounds. It's a, it's a hair test that looks at your minerals and metals even for that matter. Um, but it's a big one to tell me what your mineral status is. The reason why I use the hair is hair gives me a three month average. So I can get potassium, sodium, magnesium, calcium. I can get them checked on a blood test, but that's going to give me like a snapshot. Now that's just going to tell me what it is today. Could be totally different tomorrow. The hair test gives me a three month average. I would rather have a bigger average so that I can get a little bit more accuracy than just like what it is today. Plus like what I ate yesterday could maybe affect my minerals today. So I like to have more of a three month average, but the minerals are probably one of the biggest ones that I use. Um, notoriously, what I usually see, I usually see patterns um, where women will come to me and they have slow thyroid symptoms with or without a diagnosis of hypothyroidism. Um, they usually have low potassium. Potassium is needed to sensitize those cells to accept thyroid hormone. Probably one of the biggest ones that I see. Their potassium is bottomed out. They usually have elevated calcium. Calcium is supposed to be in bone and teeth. So when we see it elevated on hair test, that means it's going out in tissue where it shouldn't be. And so it's one of the big things it can do is slow the thyroid down. 
Uh, magnesium deficiency is another one. We'll see a lot of magnesium deficiency. That's going to also tell the thyroid to slow down a little bit and sodium as well. So that's one of the reasons why I use the hair test in selenium. Another huge one. We need selenium. We need zinc. We need all those for good thyroid function. And so that's again, where we'll start to see some connection to that so-called like cellular hypothyroidism. We can see some big connections there. Um, a hormone and adrenal profile. I use the, a test called Dutch it's a dried urine test, basically by precision analytical. Um, it looks at all your sex hormones, look at your adrenal profile. Um, adrenals are so connected to the thyroid. If the thyroid slows down, the adrenal usually ends up doing the same thing or vice versa. Um, they're, they're pretty much connected and so are the sex hormones. I always use the analogy of like a triangle. So sex hormones are in one corner, adrenals are on one corner and thyroids on another corner. They all have to play along with each other. If one's off, the ones are, the other ones are going to all be off at some point in time. So um, I use those um, kind of testing. The reason I like the dried urine is a 24 hour test to look at your cortisol, sex hormones and all that. But cortisol, it's not, you. cortisol is supposed to be different different times of the day. So if we look at your cortisol, so if you get a blood test and they check your cortisol at 7 a.m., it should be different than if you checked it at 3 p.m. or 10 p.m. That's what you're gonna be getting your blood drawn at 10 p.m. But the, my point of that is you're going to have different times where cortisol should be different. So I do the urine test because it's a 24 hour read. I'd rather, I want to see what your cortisol changed throughout that day, throughout that 24 hours. And then I use the um, stool testing. It's another big one. I see a lot of gut infections, leaky gut, gut inflammation, things like that. I see big ones there um, connected to uh, slow thyroid stuff as well, especially with that autoimmune side. When people start getting like Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune thyroid stuff. I'll usually see a lot of leaky gut stuff, um, maybe some parasites, gut bacteria, things like that. And that's going to make it really hard to get the thyroid to function optimally if you do not have good gut health. Yeah, and you just tied a lot of stuff in, which I'm not going to try to repeat because you're definitely <laughs> the expert in the topic there. And I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it justice. So anyone who's listening, especially if you think you have hypothyroidism, or issues with your thyroid, please listen to that take. Cause that take was absolutely fantastic. Well, um, so now let's talk about calories then, because huh? you know, I have, and by the way, if anybody heard me coughing a little bit, I'm, I was not sick. I'm drinking my uh, aminos. And <laughs> he was drinking. I saw pipe. it. <laughs> so I, I don't know if anybody it. heard it. I don't know if anybody heard it. I know she saw it and everybody heard it, but you know, <laughs> that's what's going on there. I didn't get to the, the mute button fast enough, but um, let's talk about, cause I have a thing. I'm not against calorie counting, mm -hmm. but I believe that that's just one snapshot, just like you're talking about with cortisol in the blood test. Yeah. It's a snapshot, right? Yes. Yes. I want, but when it comes to cutting calories, especially people, because some people are trying to lose weight, we're trying to cut calories. We're trying mm -hmm. to get into the bikini for the summertime and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Right. But how can that impact a slow thyroid? So it's tough because one of the biggest things that most people with hypothyroidism, with a slow thyroid, they usually struggle with weight loss. They can't lose weight, weight loss resistance. And so what's the biggest thing they're going to do? They're going to cut calories. It's really tough when you have a slow thyroid and you start cutting calories for one. Um, when we start cutting calories, blood sugar can, can start to go lower at some point, because usually when we cut calories... We definitely, we don't have as much food coming in. So, um, we, your liver needs glucose for thyroid hormone conversion. Remember I said earlier, almost 60 to 80% of thyroid hormone conversion happens in the liver. So if blood sugar keeps dropping too low, cause we're not getting enough calories in your liver is going to really pay the price on that thyroid hormone conversion. So that's one way. The other factor is with women, 
it can just create a storm with those sex hormones. <laughs> sex hormones don't really play very well when um, we don't are not getting enough calories in, and the thyroid will end up usually paying the price for that as well. Um, and it's tough because, you know, like I said, most women, that, that, that's what they're usually struggling with, with slow thyroid. They are like, I can't lose weight. So I'm going to cut my calories. Um, I usually, um, when I start working with women, I'm definitely don't do not let them cut calories until if we start seeing the body's healing better, they're feeling better, then maybe I'll even start letting them track calories. But in the beginning, I usually don't, um, initially because it just can create such a, such a storm with the connection with the thyroid. And even your body sometimes will start to think like you're stressing it out because it's, there's like such a restriction, um, that you will get a stress response as well because the thyroid's already slow too. Um, so they just kind of like feed off of each other. So I'm always a little, really hesitant with cutting calories with slow thyroid people. So cutting calories, especially excessively can create a cascade of mm -hmm. issues. I want everybody to really pay attention to what you just said, right? Because it, it really, really can. So yes, mm -hmm. it's important to lose weight, especially if you are overweight, but mm -hmm. cutting calories oftentimes is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Now, upgrading the calories that you eat, that's a different conversation that I've talked right. about on my show, but yeah. just saying, you know what I'm eating, I'm going to burn 2000 calories and, uh, I'm, and uh, I'm going to eat 1000, you might be asking for earlier grave than you actually bargained yeah. for. So just yeah. be very careful, very mindful of that. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're so welcome. Now, here's the, the hack of the day. This is the question mm -hmm. that everybody is sticking around, waiting for your expertise, right? How mm -hmm. can gluten impact hypothyroidism? So I love talking about gluten. Um, so just to give like a little feedback, because some people, I, you know, I, I, it's surprising. A lot of people, when they start working with me, they're like, I don't even know what gluten is. What is it? <laughs> um, so gluten is a protein that like it, um, it activates a chemical in your small intestine called zonulin. This is actually something that we check on the stool test. It's called zonulin. So zonulin will signal um, something called epithelial, epithelial cells, basically um, in your gut to kind of weaken and they spread apart. So what does that cause? It causes something called leaky gut. A lot of people with hypothyroidism have leaky gut. Um, doesn't happen to everyone, but if you have hypothyroidism or if you're like prone to like autoimmune disease, which a lot of people with hypothyroidism are, um, you will be prone to something called leaky gut. Well, when we are exposed to gluten, so you consume gluten, um, that gluten protein will kind of leak through the gut cells and will go out into your bloodstream. When that happens, it will produce something like an antigenic response in the body. So basically it means your immune system will recognize it and think it's a foreign invader because it thinks it's a foreign invader. It's going to mount an immune response on that intruder. It thinks it's not supposed to be there. So it automatically is trying to neutralize it. It's trying to destroy it. So now we have this massive immune response going on. Unfortunately, gluten proteins look almost identical to your thyroid tissue. They look nearly identical. So when we constantly are exposed to gluten all the time, it keeps happening over and over and over. Your body will start to develop an immune response over and over and over. After a while, your body starts to say, okay, well, your thyroid tissue looks similar to gluten. We're getting gluten all the time. We're going to just try to destroy this tissue here because the gluten is there and it, and it mimics it. It's something called molecular mimicry. Your body thinks, oh, well, that's that, that's uh, gluten is there. We're just going to attack the thyroid because it almost looks identical. So your thyroid can constantly keep getting attacked, especially when it keeps happening over and over with gluten. 
And if you are something like Hashimoto's, it's going to be like times 20 because Hashimoto's is that you already have an autoimmune response. So now you're going to expose gluten and you're going to have a bigger attack on your thyroid. Wow. That is, <laughs> I was sitting back. That's why it took me a, a second there to kind of respond because I was just <laughs> like sitting back and, and, and taking it all in. So again, to go back and listen to that take, that's not something I'm even going to try to repeat because you just <laughs> did a really good job. I like the fact you started with what gluten is mm-hmm. and then you went into what, how the body actually responds. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you tied in the leaky gut, which, oh my God, like people don't talk about it enough. Right. We're finally, finally talking about it more, but even Western medicine, there's so much that right. um, they haven't caught up on it. I interviewed Dr. Um, Latanya Booker, who is a Western medicine mm-hmm. doctor, but she also teaches, le- she also um, addresses leaky gut. And mm-hmm. she says that she, they don't teach that in medical school, nor they don't in, teach it in medical school at all. Mm-mm. Nothing. Even though they're continuing stuff, they have to learn. Nope. She said that they have, she, they have to, she had to go out and do her own studies yep. and learn about leaky gut. Right. And now she addresses it in her practice. So there's so much, and there's a lot we need to learn about it. You know, it's a, like a anything else. There's a lot mm-hmm. we need to learn, but understand that like, understanding the importance of having a leak of, of what, happens when you have a leaky gut or one can happen. Um, I've had doctors that said that if you have um, excess in um, chronic inflammation and oxidative stress, they assume that you have a leaky gut until proven otherwise, Typically, you know, yeah. because mm-hmm. it, they're usually connected. They're or thyroids, so our immune system, what? I think at least 75% is, resides in our gut. In if the you, gut. I know. Right. It's huge. That's a massive amount. Yeah. Right. And we sit here and act like, oh, the leaky gut. is what? No, no, no. We, we have a lot of people walk around here with chronic inflammation, mm-hmm. oxidative stress, leaky gut, hypothyroidism, insulin resistance. And somehow we think we're healthy. I don't understand. Right. Our bar right. for healthy is just all. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it, it's off. <laughs> it's, it's definitely off. So thank you so much. It's been a fantastic episode. You're so welcome. Do you have anything to add that I haven't asked or we haven't discussed? I would say probably the biggest thing is... Um, that when you are dealing with, if you have thyroid symptoms, slow thyroid symptoms, um, is to the biggest thing you can start with is to get, make sure you're getting a full thyroid panel because it is typical. Um, and I mentioned this a little while ago too, that TSH is what they usually check to look at your thyroid, but that's not a full thyroid panel. And that's probably my biggest takeaway from a lot of people when they are reaching out to me, um, whether it's social media or email, I'm like, did you get a full thyroid panel? That's typically the first question I ask. Um, so making sure that you're getting a full panel where you're looking at all your thyroid hormones, CT3, T4, even reverse T3, TSH, look at your thyroid antibodies, TPO and um, thyroid globulin. Like you have to look at those because that's a full, full panel because you can't decipher what you need to do next. First of all, if you don't have that, and do you have an autoimmune aspect of it? That's important to know because it's a different plan of attack than if it's just straight hypothyroidism. So the big thing is to, to make sure there is a full panel on that. Thank you again. Thank you yeah, again. So Angela welcome. Brown, health coach, hypothyroidism <laughs> extraordinaire. So thank you so much <laughs> uh, so for this fantastic interview and, you know, bringing it to my audience, bringing it to my audience. So with that being yeah. said, how can uh, they get in? How can they get in touch with you? So I am on Instagram at Angela Brown coach. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Angela Brown thyroid coach. That's where I'm typically at most of the time. I'm on Instagram a lot. A lot of people send me DMs in there. So I'm always chatting in there. Um, that's probably the best place. And then my website's AngelaBrown.org. Um, I have a lot of free guides and free tips and stuff like that on there. And I'm always uh, posting new blog posts and YouTube videos and things like that too. 
And of course, the contact information will be in the show notes. I think I'm aiming for zikahealth.com slash Angela B. People know I'm not very creative with my show notes, but that's <laughs> probably it. what it's going to be. If I decide to change my mind, we know the show notes will be in the description of the podcast. Anyways, <laughs> hey, just I'll make your lives easier. Click on it. You go to you go there, get all the information you need and learn to connect with this wonderful health coach that's sitting right in front of me. So thank you very much, Angela, for being on the show. This was fantastic. My audience is going to love it and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.